Talk Sports, and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. Great weekend, a hot weekend, uh, but great nonetheless. As we uh, as we get back to it this week, want to uh, uh, thank everyone uh, that had a great weekend. Uh, thank the people that came to to the Kaiser family yard sale. I felt like it was a it went yard sale to flea market real quick because uh, we had five different families doing things uh, on the on the yard sale, and literally my whole front yard, which isn't huge, but my entire front yard had had different rows and different tables and different colored stickers that meant different people's stuff, and it was just a lot of work. Yard sales are serious around here, and uh, and we got it done, but uh, nonetheless, hot day. Um, we sold what we could sell, and then uh, uh, Carm got the rest, and, 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 you know, if you don't, I don't know, if you if you haven't been to a Carm store or you don't know what Carm is, you should check them out, because they, they really do uh, some really great things. We, we, we go deliver uh, the remainder of of what we what we couldn't sell at the yard sale and we're we're gonna donate it to Carm and they're like, Oh, do you need a do you need a do you wanna note your offering? And I went, Well, no. I was like, it's just yeah, no, it's it's fine. And uh, she goes, Well, you know, if you if you note it it'll give points towards whatever organization you uh you you are about and long story short uh, enough points and that organization will get a gift card that they could give to the homeless or, or that they could give to someone uh, that has a need. So uh, at that rate, I changed gears, did it, uh, and and gave some points to, to our local church. So uh, I think, like I said, you can't, you can't speak enough because you, you go in CARM and they've got everything. They've got furniture, they've got clothes, they've got books, they've got toys, shoes, even even the occasional sport equipment thing, there there were some golf clubs in there, tennis rackets, et cetera, et cetera. But just really, uh, really was happy to 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 be able to do that, and uh, like I said, help help the local churches too. So I uh, was happy uh, to be able to do that. But I tell you, uh, I don't know those who know me know me, but uh, those who don't, let let me give you in a little little insight. So the last couple weeks. So I am a farmer's tan extraordinaire. Like I have a, a fantastic farmer's tan. Like it's very defined, uh, very refined maybe. But this year there was like some there was some attempt to get rid of that. And so this morning I'm I'm literally sitting in in kind of a funny posture so that said new sunburn doesn't kill me for this hour on the show but uh the last two weekends two good burns uh don't know that that's ideal uh probably less than uh comfortable at the moment but uh we're getting it done and uh it's getting taken care of but uh 
enough about the yard sale. It was fun. It was a, it was a success. Uh, we were the one with the big Tennessee canopy. So if anybody was wondering, did you come to the said yard sale? Uh, if there was a big Tennessee canopy, it was probably, you probably came to mind. But so a lot of things are going on in the world today. Not, not everything is, is, it's just happy go lucky, but you know what? Um, we're going to continue to talk about sports. We're going to continue continue uh, to talk about a lot of good things uh, that are going on, and uh, and we're going to have some good fun with it. Tennessee uh, shall start back practice today. Uh, a lot of guys are getting back uh, to campus as as June the eighth is the said day that we can open this thing back up, and just like that, over the weekend, a lot of guys. We're showing up on campus on social media. Tennessee football players are officially back on campus in Knoxville for the first time since the offseason was suspended in March due to a corona outbreak. Since getting two spring practices completed, Tennessee players have been continuing to work out and take classes from home with on-campus athletic activity all but halted. However, with workouts set to resume on Monday, that's today, uh, players have begun the process of getting back to campus. The Vols began trickling back into the Anderson Center on Wednesday morning uh, with the program's official Twitter account sharing a photo of Trey Smith and Wanya Morris walking into the building. Uh, Brandon Kennedy, Emmett Gooden, and Josh Palmer have all made their official return to campus. Uh, all the players were wearing protective masks. Uh, that they were sure to become a staple for players using campus facilities. They're uh, they're pretty epic. They're, they're checkerboard on one side, power T on the other side. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Emmett Gooden says, I'm ready to get to work. Uh, we got a long road ahead of us, and go Vols. It was a long time coming, said Josh Palmer, who's been at home in Canada, and he's from the Toronto area, but I'm glad we're back, and I'm ready to get back to work. Much of Tennessee's freshman class is scheduled to report to campus on Saturday as the Vols reconvene to start workouts on Monday. Local product T. Hodge um, has uh, has landed in Knoxville, uh, said next step day number one on his Twitter account, and that was uh, that was exciting here in the local area as T, uh, the Tennessee commit, Tennessee signee, is now uh, on his way uh, to climb good old Rocky Top, but I'm excited about these guys getting back on campus. You know, I, I think there's a lot of questions, uh, as I always say, more questions than answers. But I think you you get closer to answers when you're on campus. I think it's going to expose a lot uh, of the what players have been doing over the last couple months. Are they in game shape? Probably not. I think you look at it, and, and it they're going to have to gauge not necessarily who's ready and who's not, but how bad are some people and how close are some people. I, I don't think anybody's going to just be turnkey, ready to rip loose and get in there. I think that's how you have injuries, and that's how you, you, you don't necessarily get off to the right foot. But I think you know they, they'll want to get these freshmen in there, get them working out, uh, get some system in there for those guys. But then ultimately – I think they're ready to um, to dig in, get ready for whatever the season may look like, whatever the season might hold, and, and then ultimately 
uh, see how that's going to shake out uh, as they get to practice here lately. But uh, with the with the the nature of what's going on in the world, the football facilities and the practice field is just what the doctor ordered uh, for some of these some of these players, some of these coaches, uh, and actually, you know, some of these fans. Uh, I'll say, uh, you know, me personally, uh, I I want it all. Uh, to to get better I want everything to kind of settle down and and I think going back to practice helps that some I I think but uh, you got to keep your mind on it and see what happens but I think a lot of these kids coming back to campus will 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 settle some certain things and um, and we'll see how necessarily uh, they they get back going and, and what happens there but what I'm talking about, if you haven't, if you haven't caught the drift, uh, Vols football program and, uh, and and basically across the country, a lot of athletes, a lot of organizations, a lot of, lot of, anyway, media, sports, whatever outlet they're they're a, a part of, have spoke against racial inequality over the weekend. I, I think it's a growth moment uh, for for the sports world for. Uh, for our country and for a lot of different things, because I, I think the opportunity has been there and just hasn't been seized. But but I, I think this past Friday, um, Coach Pruitt and members of Tennessee's football team, ten players in all, um, put their words kind of to action. I think last week we talked about the joint release uh, from the university, you know, athletic director on down to the head coaches, and it was a really it was a really a nice comment, really nice saying, but what we've seen across the last several years and, and, and through all this this terrible side of racism is is words are cheap. You, you got to kind of put it together and you got to kind of get going. And on Friday, Pruitt, members of the Tennessee football, football family, whether that's players or coaches, uh, put that into action. Pruitt, defensive coordinator Derek Ansley, 10 different players – joined a peaceful protest in Knoxville on Market Square uh, to, to speak to a crowd and to ultimately uh, voice their, their support of what needs to, to end in the, the racial inequality uh, side of things. Protests sprung up all around the country after the death of George Floyd. Uh, that, was, that was pretty much, uh, not pretty much, I mean he was. He, he was killed in a, in a situation to where uh, an officer, uh, you, you know, had his knee on his neck and he couldn't breathe. And and again, you can split hairs in that in that scenario, but ultimately, uh, contributing factor was uh, police brutality. Among the Vols players on the stage were offensive lineman Trey Smith, Caron Calbert, uh, both of whom spoke to the crowd with a message a, a message against uh, racial inequality. Uh, the social injustice will still face that we still face cannot stand said Trey Smith who's who is 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 an African American and wore a Black Lives Matters t-shirt he said this can't keep happening something has to change this isn't right we have to make a change the only way we can make a change is together we all must come together to understand each other reach out to people who don't look like you you have to understand the struggle they come from and without understanding nothing will change uh, other vols in attendance included it is assistant coach Brian Niedermeyer, quarterbacks Jared Garantano and Brian Maurer, 
Offensive lineman Jerome Carvin, defensive back Sean Schamberger and Cheyenne Labruza, and wide receiver Josh Palmer. Tennessee is not the only college team to support racial equality in recent days. South Carolina coach Will Muschamp led some of his players on a march through Columbia to the governor's mansion, and Kentucky coach Mark Stoops did the same in Lexington. One report said Clemson is planning a similar action on campus on June the 13th. In a story by the Austin American Statesman uh, last week, Texas coach Tom Herman delivered pointed statements about how bad the situation is. He said, well, one, if you're white, we can't understand. This is Tom Herman speaking. Herman, who is white, told the newspaper, I will never know, you will never know, none of us will ever know what it's like to have that genuine fear. He said, when I make an illegal U-turn and get pulled over, I fear about what the cost of the ticket's going to be. I don't fear that I'm going get, to get, get assaulted or drug out of my car. Uh, he said that's, that's, that's a real fear for some. Friday's protest was not the first action uh, that, that Coach Pruitt and Tennessee staff has done. He said he addressed it with the team in a virtual meeting on May the 29th. Assistant Coach T. Martin is heading up a group within the program that will come up with ideas for what the team can do to be progressive and set the standards for what the change is supposed to look like. Pruitt also addressed the situation during a virtual call open to Vols fans on Wednesday night. I don't know how you can't be angry right now on what's going on in our country. He said, if you're not angry, then something's probably wrong with you. If you just watch the news every week, there's been senseless murders across our country over the last two or three months, and it's not like this is something that just started happening. It's been going on for a long time. He said, I said it the other day. The young people are ticked off. The old people are mad. The the African-Americans are mad. The white people are mad. Everyone's mad. We've got to use our platform at Tennessee, and it's something our players have passion about, and the coaches on our staff have passion as well. That's words from Jeremy Pruitt, head football coach at the University of Tennessee. You know, we've talked about it several times on this show, and, and, and I'll continue to say that voice. Is, is It's got to start independently, and then group-wise, I, I think things will, things will really happen. If you, if you get a bunch of people that independently truly don't see color, then you're going to have a group of people that are strong enough to in, in, impact change and, and to get this thing, this ball rolling. You know, I, I, I always say, you know, if it, people want change in different ways. People can affect change in different ways. But I think ultimately as a whole, the way we can hit this thing and hit this thing square in the mouth is sit here and go, you know what? Color doesn't matter anymore. And I know that that sounds like a really easy statement for me to say, and, and, and I'm very much in that camp of Tom Herman. I don't understand, and I'll never understand. I'll never understand that fear that, that rests in, in some some people, uh, some some nationalities' uh, fear with, with police, uh, you know, police personnel or, or what have you. But ultimately, I want that stigma to change as well. I think as we, as we move through – this protest and this this push for change, I'd like to see that side of things kind of reciprocate as well. Like, hey, we're we're gonna do this in the police area. We're gonna do this in the in this area. And again, try to can you can you a hundred percent fix it? 
I, I don't think today. I don't think today. But I think you take one step today, and then you take one step tomorrow, and then you continue to push and push and push, and and, and things can change. But again, it's an individual change first, and then as a group, anything could be possible. But I thought it was really good that Tennessee and some of their players really stepped up, really got involved, and really said, you know what? A lot of people look at us, and a lot of people want to emulate and and, and do some things that we are doing. Um, and it's always not met with 100% uh, satisfaction. I mean, I watched on social media, there was some backlash from Coach Pruitt and staff doing this. I really, I, I, I really asked people, would they have really been against it had social media not given them a, a safety blanket uh, to hide behind? I don't think so. I thought it was poor taste, poor form for those that, that wanted to bash Jeremy Pruitt and staff for, for standing up for their players, for standing up for their fellow coaches, and, and to trying to, to get this thing uh, settled, put to bed, and, and ultimately fixed uh, something that generations and generations have been trying to do and failed uh, over over our lifetime and and others other generations' lifetime. So um, I, I think it's it's a step in the right direction. I think you know uh, everybody can impact change, but I think those with platforms need to use them. I think those that can need to speak, and I think peaceful protests from those who who have that platform speak louder than than devastating and 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 and, and looting and 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 all the tr- terrible side that we've also seen over the last couple of weeks. So I think I think an alternative, a clean, you know, expression uh has really has really spoken bigger words uh than what we seen a week ago and and you know, I applaud Jeremy Pruitt for being there for his players, being there for his fellow coaches. I mean, I think that speaks to it's more than about ball. It's more than about wins and losses. And, uh, and he's showing a lot of people uh, that he's not afraid uh, to get out there and speak about and against uh, racial inequality. So, uh, again, Tennessee is not the only, but it is the one I spoke about this morning. But let's take us a quick break, listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, Atlanta Motor Speedway was the most recent stop for the fanless in the seats uh, NASCAR trek, but it had a lot of, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of intensity as uh, Kevin Harvick gets back to victory lane at Atlanta, the place where he had his first, and now he's had his most recent. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m., and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. 
We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Have you heard about or seen The Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into The Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download The Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. 
You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As we step to NASCAR here as we come out of the weekend, Kevin Harvick has found his way to victory lane once again here in 2020. Kevin Harvick, an exceptional relationship with Atlanta Motor Speedway as the 2014 NASCAR Cup Series champion showed again Sunday how he wins at Atlanta in the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. His third victory at the track, second victory of the season. Harvick led a race high 151 laps of the 325-lap affair en route to his 51st career victory. Uh, he beat out Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., two Gibbs cars, Toyotas, uh, as they finished second and third, respectively. Truex had led several laps for the day, 62 to be exact, when opening it up, stage three, Kevin Harvick passed the two Toyota teammates and uh, kept them at bay until late in the race. But uh, with it, Harvick extends his NASCAR Cup Series championship lead to 48 points over Team Penske's Joey Logano. Logano's teammate Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin rounded out the top five at Atlanta, followed by Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, uh, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano. For Kurt Busch, making top 10 was an especially impressive effort considering he started last in the field because of an inspection violation pre-race. Clint Boyer led 58 laps only to pit late in the race and fall out of the top 10. He ended up 20th. Harvick's Ford was considered the car to beat at Atlanta even before the seven-time champ Johnson gave the command to start engines Sunday afternoon. Probably the weirdest thing that I'd seen in a long time. So, he was he was the grand marshal and he was participating in the race. So Atlanta, you know, this is Jimmy Johnson's final season for those who who didn't know. And so every track's doing something a little uh, a little unique for for Jimmy Johnson or at least the ones that he's been to to this point. And Atlanta named a grandstand after him. The Johnson Grandstand there uh, is is now a, a named seating area. Uh, that's that's pretty cool, but they also made him the Grand Marshal. So I was really interested in how that was going to work because this isn't your uh, your normal everyday sedan that you can just jump in, you know, pull across the lap belt and you're ready to run. You know, there's there's the headgear you got to put on the helmet, you got to hook in the AC, all the the checks and dues that you got to do. And I'm like, how's he going to do that and be the Grand Marshal? So what they did was. <laughs> He's in full helmet, neck gear, the whole the whole nine, and they just shove a microphone in his car and, and let him, you know, kind of screech out, gentlemen, start your engines. But nonetheless, he gets the call, uh, gives the call, and then they're off uh, to racing. Yesterday in Atlanta, the, the weather was good, uh, had very little stoppage uh, for anything other than uh, just green flag stoppage, but uh, it was Harvick's second victory of the year. Uh, he also won at Darling, the Darlington race in NASCAR's first race back uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic. And it, it's the 44-year-old 
ninth top 10 finish in 10 races this year. With it, Harvick extends his Cup Series championship lead again over Joey Logano to 48 points. Uh, Logano's teammates, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, uh, again, had their share of the top five. Uh, it said uh, first win, first career win came here uh, at Atlanta, and this is just a racetrack that I've taken a liking to. That was Kevin Harvick post-race. He said, you've always had those memories, and now you want to celebrate everything that Dale Earnhardt did for the sport. To come here and be able to do that uh, with wins and go to victory lane is pretty special. Uh, again, Kevin Harvick is the driver uh, that had the great privilege of stepping in after Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s passing. And, and again, he, he changed the number, changed the car's look. It went from a black number three to a white number 29. But nonetheless, two weeks later, after the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr., Kevin Harvick puts the GM Service Plus car into victory lane. Uh, his first win in the series, now he's up to... To 51, and uh, and again, in in normal fashion, he's won in 2001, 2018, and now 2020. When he wins, he does a backwards victory lap with three fingers held out the uh, the side window. So uh, a great pit stop got the restart on the bottom and got his car to take off and was able to get that track position back. And then he said, once I got through those first 10 laps, my car was free enough. I could get in a rhythm and really hit my marks. He said then with about 25 laps to go, I could just drive away from him. Harvick had certainly uh, been the driver to record, to you know, to kind of pace as of late. Uh, he answered that first win 17 years later and is currently in the midst of an amazing nine-year run at the track. He's now led at least 100 laps in seven of the last nine races, more than 10,000 laps out front since joining Stuart Haas Racing in 14 and he's earned top 10 finishes in nine of the last 11 races. Martin Truex Jr.'s two stage wins were the 2017 champion's first of the season, and for much of the race, he was there ready to interrupt Harvick's longtime dominance. Uh, it just didn't happen uh, yesterday. He said it would have been the first time win for the season for Truex, who had been so close at Atlanta, but he finished second in 2019 and scored a top 10 finish in all of the last six appearances at the track. Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight Childress car, uh, was the top finishing Sunoco Rookie of the Year candidate with a 16th place finish. And before the race, NASCAR President Steve Phelps addressed the race field and the nation, pledging that the sport is sensitive to the country's current social unrest and committed to improving race relations in NASCAR. He says, our country is in pain and our people are justifiably angry demanding to be heard. He said our sport must do better. Our country must do better. And he says this before they drop the green flag. The NASCAR Cup Series will stay uh, on pace with their Wednesday races to go to the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 at Martinsville Speedway on Wednesday, 7 o'clock green flag drop, um, FS1, MRN, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio is where you can find that. I'm digging the I'm digging the mid midweek races. Uh, I think the way they're doing this, where they they basically roll up the the previous races finishing orders, how they draw their starting spot, they draw their starting spot and they get off the truck and go. I think it's it's provided some really good racing. It's provided an opportunity for for younger drivers to have an opportunity because those older hands 
have some adjustments to be made early in the race. So you see some young guys uh, get in there. Uh, one thing that happened yesterday that you kind of wanted to watch was Bubba Wallace at post-race. He he passed out on the, the reporter, uh, did not uh, get to finish the, the interview. And I think – I think it's a lot of things for Bubba Wallace. I think the weight of of, of him being the the lone African American in NASCAR weighs on him at times like this. I think he's getting a lot of uh, support from his from his counterparts, from his uh, his race. I don't know what you call it, the race, you know, fraternity, if you will. Uh, but I think he he understands his position and he understands that he's he is a a voice. Uh, in this time of, of needed change and, and time of push uh, for said change. So Bubba Wallace was cared for and released from the Enfield Care Center after the race, after fainting uh, during a post-race interview. Uh, but uh, the driver seems to be fine and will head to Martinsville uh, with his McDonald's uh, number 43 car. So I like the race that we saw at Atlanta. Again, I, there's things about what NASCAR is doing post-COVID uh, that I hope they continue to do the the roll off the truck and race. Love that that take on it. And then these midweek races have kept the interest up. I know for the drivers they probably like a little more downtime. They'd like a little bit more uh, in between to to be able to test and do some things. But I think at the the time that that sports is needed, NASCAR's foot in the bill, and, and I think that's really great for the sport. And I think that's great for these drivers uh, to get the exposure that, that, that they probably deserved. But nonetheless, they're getting now uh, based on ways things are going. But uh, looking at that, uh, again, Martinsville on Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit about Kevin Harvick's victory tomorrow with Jeffy Mack. But then we'll look ahead to Martinsville, the paperclip for a grandfather clock. Uh, a great way to race on a Wednesday evening. So we'll talk about that. But let's take another break. Uh, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue to grind here on a Monday edition. 89 days till it's football time in Tennessee. We need to talk that and much more. You're listening right here on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. You're not the only one celebrating being outdoors this year. The pests are out in force, but Rule King is your pest control headquarters. A 14-ounce can of wasp and hornet killer, normally a buck ninety-nine, is now just ninety-nine cents each. A three-pack of Terrell Ant Killer Liquid Bait, normally six forty-nine, now just four ninety-nine. And a gallon of Spectrum Bug Stop Pest Control is just five sixty-nine. 
Enjoy the outdoors and keep the pests away with your neighborhood rule king, America's Farm and Home Store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today in what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County, but we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865-983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios at Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As we've counted it down the last couple years till it's football time, we'll do so again this year, and we're at 89 days 
until it's football time in Tennessee. And as if you're listening for the first time and say, well, do we know that they're going to have football this season? Well, I don't know that we're not. <laughs> so I'm rocking and rolling and counting it down as if, as if everything will be just fine. But we're at 89 days till it's football time in Tennessee. So we've tried to kind of go around uh, and count down the numbers and, and really look around other sports and see uh, what we've got. I looked at the NBA, and there's two guys, one in the 50s and one in 1915 that wore the number 89, which 89 is not a really big basketball number, uh, but it was Lou Munson uh, for the Cavaliers, and then uh, that looked like to be in 2015, and then Clyde Lovelett. Uh, for the Minneapolis Lakers in 1954. So if, if if that's ever on Jeopardy, you are in the money right now. Two players, one for the Cavs, one for the Minneapolis Lakers, uh, and uh, and you'd, you'd be in the money. But if you look at it, there's a lot of former Hall of Famers, or, or actually current Hall of Famers, uh, for, for the NFL that wore 89. Guys like Ditka, Mackey, Marchetti, Robinson and Davis, you look at it, and, and guys that wore 89 that are now enshrined in Canton are guys like Willie Davis, Mike Ditka, John Mackey, uh, Gino Marchetti, and defensive end. And you look at this guy, I mean, he played for the Colts and really 14 seasons was really uh, a force to be dealt with. And he's another one of those guys that uh, – you probably didn't want to be on the other side of the ball when you were having to deal with him. Uh, Dave Robinson, linebacker, also enshrined in Canton, played for the Packers, uh, and he was enshrined in 2013, 12 seasons uh, for for the, the, the Packers. And he also played there at the tail end of his career, 73 and 74 for the Skins. But you look at it, had interceptions all but three of those seasons, 27 in total, and had almost 100 interception return yards in each of those seasons he had kickoff returns seven uh seven kickoff returns for for 80 yards in his career and really Dave Robinson's career as a defensive as as a really stud linebacker I mean you look at it linebackers with that many interceptions I think that speaks to where uh where he was but he was at the heyday of, of some really good Packers team 63 uh, through 72, he played with the Green Bay Packers and then, again, finished up his career uh, in Washington. But but guys like Ditka and Mackey, you still talk about those guys today. You know why? Because they were extremely good. It says tight end Iron Mike Ditka, uh, not to be confused with Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, it said there's more to winning than just wanting to. This was Mike Ditka's uh, statement as he was enshrined. He said you have to prove yourself every Sunday – just throwing your helmet on the field doesn't scare anyone. There's no more empty feeling in the world than losing, and I think that's uh, that's what made uh, Iron Mike Ditka pretty special. You look at it, uh, he played for three different franchises. Chicago is where he's really remembered, uh, 61 through 66. Then he played for Philadelphia for two seasons, 67 and 8, and then he finished his career with Dallas, 69 through 72. All but two of those seasons, he played all 14 games uh, that were attempted. Uh, he he had uh, 427 uh, catches for 5,800 yards, an average of 13.6 per catch, and 43 touchdowns. He had two fumble recoveries for touchdowns and had three. He was a kickoff returner 
uh, three for 30 yards. I, I just think that's a big body uh, to be to be uh, out there. But if you look at it out of Pittsburgh, a 6'3", 228-pounder, Michael Keller-Ditka was a consensus All-American in 1960, the Bears' number one pick in 61, first tight end elected to the Hall of Fame, fast, rugged, outstanding blocker, great competitor, or things that are enshrined on his statue. He scored the final touchdown in the Cowboys' Super Bowl VI victory. He was Rookie of the Year. He was All-NFL four. All NFL four years in five straight Pro Bowls and had a career record of 5,812 receiving yards, 43 touchdowns. Uh, not too bad uh, for one Iron Mike Ditka. And then you talk about John Mackey. And, and again, the number 89 likens itself uh, to have uh, tight ends at that position. Uh, but uh, it said, John Mackey's bio says, I got to prove to people I'm as good as they're saying. Sure. I got dollar marks for eyes, but I also have pride in my job. He said, I don't care if I don't get a pass, just as long as I can take two men with me on my pattern. And I think that's why there's a John Mackey Award uh, in in a 10-season career that was very, very special. Out of Syracuse, a 6'2", 224-pounder John Mackey was the number two draft pick in 1963. Prototypical tight end with breakaway speed, ability to avoid tacklers, and strong blocker. He was a long-distance threat who scored six touchdowns over 50 yards at a tight end position. That's pretty significant. Caught deflective pass for 75-yard touchdown in Super Bowl V, and career record was 331 catches, 5,236 yards, and 38 touchdowns. He was a three-time All-NFL selection, played in five Pro Bowls, second tight end to enter the Hall of Fame, and he was from New Yorker, or he was from New York, and he passed away in 2011 at the age of 69. He was a class of 1992 in Shrine, in Shrine E, and his full stats uh, for his 10-year career, nine of which was with the Baltimore Colts. Uh, he played in all 14 games the first nine season and missed one game his final year in 1972 with San Diego. But again, 331 for 5,236 yards, an average of 15.8 per per attempt, 38 touchdowns. He was a kickoff returner too, nine returns for 271 yards, and he actually rushed the football 19 times for 127 yards. A, A athlete of the utmost, and really the NFL is proud to show number 89 for John Mackey. When you look at Gino Marchetti, uh, defensive end, uh, you look at him, he played for the Colts 14 seasons. Uh, the big stat for him is he started with Dallas. 52 was when he was drafted by, by the, the Cowboys, and then 53 through 66, all with the Baltimore Colts and, and later to become an Indianapolis Colt. But out of San Francisco, the 6'4", 244-pound Gino John Marchetti, named top defensive end on NFL's first 50 years, uh, the New York Yankees drafted him number two, but in 1955, the franchise moved to Dallas uh, for uh, for Geno's rookie season. So again, the New York Yanks, not to be confused with the Yankees, uh, he drafted him number two overall. Selected for then record 11 straight Pro Bowls, but missed one game because of injury in the 58 NFL overtime title game. All NFL selection nine times. All-around great defender, best known for vicious pass rushing. Uh, He was born 
January 2nd, 1926, in Smithers, West Virginia, and passed away April 29th, 2019, at the age of 93. So a long life for, for Gino and uh, enshrined in Canton to ever be remembered uh, as a Hall of Famer. And then right here on, on the last 89 to be in the Hall of Fame, it would be Dave Robinson. Uh, again, Dave Robinson played for the, the Packers. He said, I don't try to hurt anyone out there, but the harder you hit a man in the first, ra- first round, the more you slow him down in the fourth round. Uh, talking about the four quarters of a football game. So he just wanted to lay that lick early so they knew what they were after. But out of Penn State, 6'3", 245-pound Richard David Robinson was drafted in the first round by the Packers in the NFL third-round draft. Uh, He was actually drafted in the AFL as well by the Chargers. But the big play performer on the Packers dynasty started outside linebacker for three straight NFL championship wins, 65 through 67, and intercepted 27 passes for 449 yards and a touchdown. All-Pro second team in 68-69, first team in 67-69, and and then three Pro Bowl appearances, and then named to the NFL's all-decade team of the 60s, uh, a Holly, New Jersey native, uh, Dave Robinson, uh, is a number 89 to ever uh, be remembered. You look at his his career Uh, he played all but two seasons like I said for the Packers two for the Washington uh, Redskins and had a pretty good career with those guys but you look at uh, at the former Vols uh, to wear 89 again it's 89 days till it's football time in Tennessee so why not dig in to those former former Vols one that comes to mind for me is Larry Seavers a guy that's still very local I think he works out of Sevier County he is a I believe he's a chiropractor uh, at this point, wide receiver 74 to 76, one of 15 all time Vols to earn multiple All American honors in 75 and 76. Mr. Seavers was a two time uh, All American honoree. Uh, he became one of Tennessee's first consistent receiving threats and finished as the best of his era after leading the Vols in pass catching yardage all three of his years at Tennessee. Seavers totaled 347 yards as a sophomore but exploded in 75 for 840 yards on 41 catches, and it was the first time any Tennessee receiver topped the 800-yard mark in a season, earning him All-American. The following year, Seavers caught 51 passes for 737 and again was named All-American. Safety valve, uh, to say the least. Don Leak, defensive end, also wore 89, 58 through 60. He said, number 89 was special to me, because that was my gridiron ID for three years, and I always wanted number 89 to do his part for our team and to play well. He said it always meant that I was part of the team, which was great, Uh, and with a great coach, Bowden Wyatt, and a wonderful group of men, uh, there were great memories to be made. So Don Leak was proud of his possession of the number 89. All-time 89s, Jerry Anderson, Wharton 51, first one to wear 89 for the Vols. Billy Jack Cunningham, 52. Bill Tatum, 54. Dan Wade, 55. Bob Kirkpatrick, 1956. Again, Don Leak, 57 through 60. Fred Martin, 62 to 64. Mike Gooch, uh, 65 through 67. Gary Kreese, 68 and 9. Ricky Mulk, 1970. Jimmy Allen, 72. Jeff King, 1973. Larry Seavers, 74 through 76. Mike Castile. 
80 through 82. He is a he is a local uh, legend, and he is enshrined here in the WKBL studios. A signature over here, right next to Mister Danny Spradlin, Tim Hendricks, 83 through 86, John Rollins, uh, 87, Vaughn Reeves, uh, 88 through 91, Scott Pfeiffer, 93 through 96, Kenny Smith in 1998. Will Wilson, uh, 2002, Antonio Reynolds, 04 through 07, and Daniel Adderley in 2008. If you look at the 2020 version of the Tennessee Volunteers, Hunter Salmon is who wears the number 89 for the Vols. Now a 6'5", 248-pound redshirt freshman tied in out of Vestavia Hills, Alabama by way of Vestavia High School. Uh, excited about what that looks like. But 89 days until it's football time in Tennessee is always fun to talk about, and it's always uh, well-received. You look at the year that was, uh, 1989. You can scroll up here to the top. It was a Sunday starting year on the Gregorian calendar, the 1989th year of the Common Era as it's, as it's decided and counted uh, by, by those who do that. And uh, 1989 was a turning point in political history because a wave of revolutions swept the eastern part of Europe, starting in Poland and Hungary, and then later uh, made its way across all of Europe. It was a year the first Brazilian presidential election in 29 years. I know that's going to be on jeopardy at some point. The first commercial Internet service provider surfaced in 1989, as well as the first written proposal for something that is known as the World Wide Web, www dot, that's what that means. Uh, internet, the first baby born uh, were conceived in late 1989 by, by basically the, the, what am I trying to say, artificial insemination. That started in, in 1989, and then it also marked uh, the period of Heisei period in Japan, which lasted until 2019, the last uh, Roman numeral uh to have an L uh, also was 1989. It's amazing what happens in years that you, you don't even you don't even recognize. Uh, the four, January the 20th, George H. W. Bush was the 40, 41st president of the United States. At that point, uh, the Soviet Union uh, had pulled finally pulled out of Afghanistan in 1989. Uh, part of the the big deal uh, that had the Exxon Valdez uh, had its its. Uh, it's time to shine, if you will. Uh, in 1989, mass demonstrations on the Hungarian state television headquarters uh, happened in 1989. Uh, Polish roundtable agreement happened in 1989, and it's literally at a roundtable. I know they came up with a really good name uh, nonetheless. Talking about trying to scroll down through here and get you some names of people that were born. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, the younger one. Uh, was born in 1989. Emily Mead, uh, the actress, was born in 1989. Nina Dobrev was uh, was born in 1989. Uh, Jerry Sumter, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Corbin Blue, uh, Jung Yong Young, he is a Japanese singer, uh, was born in 1989. Anton Yelchik, uh, Tyler Clary, he's a member of the Olympic team. Pierre Niney, uh, Mason Musso. Lily Collins, uh, Allie McCalka, uh, she was born in 1989. Trying to scroll on. Luke Brakey uh, was born in 1989. Wow, a lot of Olympic team 
uh, members. Rory McElroy was born in 1989. That makes you feel young, doesn't it? Uh, Alexandra Park uh, was born in 89. Steve Smith was born in 1989. Uh, Lucy Hale was born in 1989. Uh, who else? Who else? I don't want to say that. Oh, Daniel Radcliffe was born in 89. Harry Potter was born in 1989. Who would have thunk it? But nonetheless, uh, a lot of cool things happened in 89. You look at uh, Romeo Miller, Hayden Pan- Panettiere, I think that's how you say that. B.B. Rexa uh, was born in 89. Uh, Jason Derulo uh, was born in 89. Wow, a lot of... I think this just makes me feel older every time I do this. Taylor Swift, uh, born in 1989. Ashley Benson, uh, 89. Jane Levy. Uh, was born in 1989. Uh, So a lot of uh, names that you know now got their start in 1989, no pun intended. Uh, Left Brain, American rapper and music producer, also born in 1989. Who knew that he only needed half of it to get it done? But nonetheless, uh, 1989, 89 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We're going to go ahead and cut on out, talk to some of these great sponsors. I want you to hear these guys because they're about helping you Help us keep things back on track. But again, if if you're if you're listening or watching uh, to things on the TV and you see the protests, you see the the marches, you see what whatever is going on, just remember, let's do our part. Let's let's not see color. Let's move forward and understand that that there's things we won't understand. There's things we'll never experience, but we can be there and support uh, our brothers, our sisters, and and ultimately. Uh, be there uh, for each other uh, as this thing moves forward. Come out stronger, come out better, and ultimately put this thing to bed. But let's uh, let's head on out. Listen to these great sponsors. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday edition. You don't want to miss it. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, 
but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.